lesson in three voices from Micah chapter 6, the voice of Micah. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. The voice of God. O my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised and what Balaam, son of Baor, answered him and what happened to Shittim, to Gilgal that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. The voice of the people. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? The voice of Micah. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears that we might hear a word for us today anew and that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above the deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The great kingdom of David and Solomon is no more. Divided, the northern kingdom of Israel has fallen, and the southern kingdom of Judah is under siege by the rising power of the global-minded Assyrians. King Hezekiah, in an attempt to save the kingdom, has fortified some 35 of his largest cities against the coming Assyrian army. The wealthy, the powerful, and the culturally educated elite have taken refuge in the largest city of Jerusalem. But the rural towns, the farmers, and the poor are left unprotected to defend for themselves against this growing global threat of the Assyrians and their massive army. As the Assyrian army lays waste to the unprotected rural farms and villages, desperate caravans of villagers, desperate refugees walk in humiliation towards Jerusalem, 
where Hezekiah and the wealthy have built towering walls that refuse entry to refugee and soldier alike. Hezekiah and the few wealthy enough to be welcome survive, but they are trapped like birds in a cage of their own making. As the Assyrian assault subsides, the wealthy now appropriate the rural farmlands for themselves, their power, and they consume the rural farmer to consolidate their selfish future as Pharaoh once enslaved all of the Hebrew people. The prophet Micah has surely witnessed the destruction of his own village and laments the forgotten and destroyed town of King David's birth, the tiny and forgotten town of small Bethlehem. But filled with the spirit of God's love, the prophetic Micah knows that God's hope will not come from the powerful or the wealthy or the elite. But the light of God's love is always poured out in darkness, in the quiet, seemingly conquered places where life seems to be in defeat. And the humility is the state of an often silent heart. Love will be born in the barren rural places of history, of our souls, and when we admit it, of our own lives. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above the deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. On November 9th and 10th in 1938, 80 years ago this very weekend, on the eve of Martin Luther's birthday, whose writings would be used in justification for the killing of millions of Jewish people, on November 9th, the shattered glass and lives of Jewish homes, hospitals, businesses, and synagogues lay sharply in the dark, silent streets of Germany in what would come to be called Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass. According to Mary Fulbrook in an article this fall in Time magazine, synagogues were set on fire, store windows were smashed, Jewish homes were broken into in cities and in villages and towns all across the Third Reich. Firefighters and police stood by instructed only to intervene if neighboring Aryan properties were endangered. Over the following days, adult male Jews were arrested and incarcerated in local jails and makeshift prisons. Some 30,000 were deported to concentration camps. Hundreds were killed. Faced with the destruction and ruin of more than 7,000 destroyed Jewish businesses, dozens committed suicide. It was clear that Germans and Austrians of Jewish descent had no future in their own homeland. Some, of course, managed to immigrate and abandoning property, home, family, and friends. But those who were left behind would, of course, later find themselves deported to the extermination camps in the East. I don't know the sense of powerlessness at the hands of a conquering Assyrian army. I do not know the horror of a holocaust of my family and friends and loved ones and neighbors. In fact, Christianity has far too often had what I think is an arrogant tone of triumph 
Born, of course, for us out of a modern twisted sense of America's Christian success. But our Jewish sisters and brothers know the visceral embodied experience of violence, persecution, and marginalization. Eighty years ago, and then once again this past weekend at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Sitting with our Jewish brothers and sisters in worship on Friday night at Bet Shalom in Minnetonka, I was both convicted and grateful. As Rabbi Jill Crimmings recounted in her sermon, The Horrors of Crystal Knock, she prayed for her ancestors. I prayed for ours. Eighty years later, the synagogue at Beth Shalom is not surrounded by bystanders, but by words and actions and symbols of love. Having been given white flowers at their doorstep, hundreds of emails, and voices of support and love and care. And what I have come to believe is that our salvation, both in this world and the next, are bound together in one heavenly accord as place, time, and space collapse into the realities of persecuted people everywhere, fleeing from homes as armies and neighbors surround. God's hope always comes in darkness that is finally shattered by God's crystal light. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. So what does the Lord require of you, O mortal, but to do justice Love kindness and walk humbly with your God. Will you recognize the recurrent discontent of our unprotected rural sisters and brothers whose voices and votes cry out for help as family and farms are consumed by conquering corporate armies? Manufacturing jobs are taken captive to foreign lands and income inequality cuts the hands of the blue-collar worker And children flee for urban centers, rejecting a family farming identity of land and honor and identity. Will you hear their voices or turn away to watch their pain as onlookers and bystanders? Will you remove your shoes and walk for miles in the burning sun on the blister-filled path that is paved with the violence of gangs and poverty? Or will you build a wall to protect your wealth and your privilege? Will you stand with loving kindness beside the angry urban mother whose son's future has been stolen away from him by opioid epidemic in the darkness of no other future options? Will you humbly walk alongside our sisters and brothers who still remember the horrors of Holocaust birthed on the birthday of our founding father? Will you dare to admit that God comes to us not in the triumph of our success, but in the far too often silent failures of our souls, as we humbly acknowledge the truth of our lives, our powerlessness, and our deepest wounds, those inflicted on us and those that have been inflicted by us. We either hear the voice of God spoken in the rural forgotten town of Bethlehem, 
How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of dim, where meek souls will receive him still, God's dear love enters in. Amen.